With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Looks like football, baby. <laughs> What's up, people? Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. It's been a minute since I've done a live show, but I had to break out the live performance here because I'm joined once again. This, I'm saying it's an annual thing now. My boy Addison Hayes from DLF is here once again. How's it going, Addison? Hey, man. I, I am, yeah, this is like a tradition now. I, I look forward to this. Like Once we get Scott Fishbowl, that to me is like football is getting close. And then I get more more excited for this specific podcast because then and i'm like i can do my predictions we can be idiots together and then at the end of the year when we look back at all this we're like man how do we not predict that the atlanta falcons were gonna make the playoffs you know it's just like it's so much fun dude that i appreciate you having me on yeah man it, this is uh this has been something that uh with all the changes to my schedule and everything i was like i gotta make sure i have this on i gotta make sure that addison and i get this show uh, done before the season started, so never too late here, just a couple days before the season starts. Uh, of course, it wouldn't be uh, a live show without a little hiccup on my end, so uh, Addison, I'm having that same issue I had before we went live, so I'm going to jump out for a second, let you go. Why don't you tell the people, though, while I'm dealing with this, uh, why don't you tell the people what you're up to right now at uh, at DLF and the content that you're putting out? Cool. Yeah, so uh, I am the main guy over at the DLF YouTube channel. So if you haven't yet and you're if you're watching this on YouTube, go you can just like move, drag down, go type in Dynasty League Football, hit that subscribe button. We're doing content uh basically every single day during the season. Um, but that's like the main focus of all of my content right now is is on the YouTube channel. But actually was just editing a video right before we hopped on here for tomorrow. Uh so it's gonna be a good one. You guys should check it out. But that's that's basically what I'm doing over at DLF. I do uh, some other stuff with um, actual written content in season, but not as much. Um, and coding and Twitter is right there. So that would be <laughs> it. That do well. Is that good enough? Yeah, that was good. That, I'm horrible at self-promotion. I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all good, man. I, I've enjoyed your content. Uh, we got Mike in the chat. I've, I loved in the live show because I know for sure Mike will always be here. Uh, he said that he was pumped for some afternoon Warzone content. And he also said he just listened to a DLF pod this mm. morning. So uh, nice. a lot of good stuff over there at DLF. I'm a subscriber. Uh, I I enjoy what you guys put out there. I I won't, I'll, I will admit, I didn't go back to double check, but I read an article that was, uh, it was something like got dynasty play or players that will lose dynasty value this year. 
And uh, oh, I know you retweeted it, and that was you. Okay, because I saw you <laughs> tweeted it, and I was like, okay, maybe Addison's just being a nice guy and, and tweeting this out there because it's you know it's his teammates. That, but then I was like, wait a second, maybe it's him that wrote that. And I'm pretty sure the cover picture was Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, <laughs> I hope he doesn't lose any value because I spent all offseason collecting Rashad Bateman. So, oh, boy. And, by all oh, se- and by collecting, I mean like three shares, but there's three more shares than I had last year. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's uh, a new thing that we're doing where I basically whenever I record, I already have a script already set up. So we're, we're putting that kind of an article form too for some of the people that don't want to watch video. They just want to keep reading. I don't know who that is, but that's the, those people are still out there. Hey, tw- <laughs> twice the content for just like half the work, right? I mean, exactly. that's, that's perfect. That is, that's using it smarter, not harder. I like it. <laughs> I learned real quick that it, in this, uh, for as much as like, we have to like get stuff out there quick and like the, this, a lot of this content isn't evergreen, right? It like evaporates mm-hmm. just so fast. Like I was always trying to leverage, like, you know, I would always make sure I saved all of my notes. I'm horrible about like saving stuff. Like I would put all this time in, do a show and like just close it out and it'd just be gone forever. So finally, like a couple of years ago, I'm like, I need to keep track of like everything I do because I can just keep not recycle it, but like use it later, you know, so I'm not starting mm-hmm. like at zero. If I want to figure out like, oh, what was his splits with this guy? Like, you know, I'm out there like recalculating it again all the time. So, yep. yeah, yep. stuff like that. It's just uh, it's funny. And as you know, as you can relate to, I'm sure content creators out there, they I mean, uh, man, that's the most frustrating thing. Like I did this already and I'm having to do it all over, but uh, and anyway, uh, if you guys are newer to this episode, as we mentioned earlier, this has kind of become an annual thing. Addison and I have been doing this for a few years. We did a look back episode last year too. I can't remember if we did that after the first year. I think last year was the second year we did this show. And then we did a look back episode at the end of the season. And it was awesome how accurately, how accurate we were on these predictions. So I highly suggest that if you guys are out there listening to this, whether it be live on YouTube right now on Tuesday, the sixth or on Wednesday on the podcast, uh, go through and like make your own predictions, just like write them down, save them somewhere, whatever, and then go open it up later because in four short months, you'll realize how little we knew. Uh, so yeah. we'll be, we'll be running through the predictions of uh, the NFC AFC divisional winners our wildcard predictions, Super Bowl champs. And I have 15, categories some of them are helpful for fantasy some of them are completely just off the wall and uh one of them is my all-time favorite i'm sure i'll highlight here as we get through but uh i I definitely recommend i used to do this even before fantasy like i would i would always like make predictions jot them down like try to remember and then go back and look at them and i'm still not good at this but i mean it's just fun to do if you're just an nfl football fan right you don't even got to be a diehard fantasy fan but just like it's just fun to see how well you think you know what's going to happen this year Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. So. Well, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, I should have mentioned this earlier. So hopefully Memphis doesn't uh, cut my pay here, but uh, I'm keeping the Wednesday streak alive due to the holiday. We kind of shifted all the shows over a day. So uh, I know Memphis is always like, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, touting that he hasn't missed a Wednesday show in a thousand years or whatever his uh, his claim to fame is there. But don't worry, Memphis and Jerry and a special guest. Uh, you, you may know him in the Twitterverse. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but they got a, a big time guest on the wars on this week, but they're recording that tonight. If you're watching on YouTube, they'll be here in a bit, but that podcast form won't drop until Thursday. So it's a great way to kick off the season. You'll have the a fresh war zone episode with Memphis and Jerry. And then of course the big uh, season kickoff Thursday night. And then as far as the SmackDown goes, I'll be back on Saturday, YouTube only on Saturday with waiver wire sniping. So if you're new to waiver wire sniping, it is a strategy where you're looking ahead 
at the waiver wire before kickoff each week, try to grab some players for free. And before they're featured on every single podcast and waiver wire article the next week. Uh, so I've been doing that uh, for a while. Uh, had a lot of fun with it. Can't give that up. So Saturday morning, YouTube, it will be in the podcast feed, but not till Sunday morning. So there's your carrot, right? Go, go subscribe on, on YouTube, check that out. And then uh, also on the YouTube show, I usually break down, like I have all the percentages up on the screen and everything. So it's a lot more easy to consume rather than me trying to read it off to you guys. So uh, definitely check out waiver wire sniping every Saturday. And uh, that concludes my commercial part of the show. Addison, you ready to dive into this, man? Dude, I'm so ready. Let's go. All right, let's let's start off with the NFC. So we're gonna we're gonna roll through our divisional winners here, uh, and then our wild card team. So why don't we just do why don't we do the four division winners, and we'll go back and forth, and then we'll do our wild cards, and then we'll kick it over to the AFC. So I'll let you uh, I'll let you start this off. Who are your four divisional winners for the NFC? All right, so this one I feel like was a little bit easier than the AFC because I don't think the NFC is all that strong, and it's a little bit more top heavy. Um, so the West, I have the Rams, uh, cause their division got worse. Uh, so it just kind of made it easier for them. I think to repeat, uh, winning that division, the, uh, the East, I have the Philadelphia Eagles actually. Sorry. You're not invited back. This is our last show. Sorry. I get, <laughs> I feel like we've gone back and forth on, I mean, it makes sense. Cause that division's the one division where you never actually know who's going to win. Yeah. Um, but sure. I have the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they're a very strong team this year. Um, the South, another kind of easy one is the Bucks again, because uh, all the other teams suck. And then the North, I actually have going, I moved out of Wisconsin, so I can say this now, uh, but I have the Minnesota Vikings winning the NFC North. So I think the Packers go down a little bit. I like what the Vikings are doing with their new offense and their, uh, the new system that they got going over there. So I think that they're a little bit more optimized for the player personnel that they have and what they can do. And I think they're going to win more games by just being able to score more points. So I like the Vikings to win the NFC North. All right. Well, we got a, we got a few differences. Uh, I totally agree with you. I think the NFC is a little chalky. Uh, the AFC is tough, man. Like, I, I was mm-hmm. sitting down even after the wildcard teams. I'm like, dang, like, I got to leave these teams out of here. Like, I don't have enough spots, right? In the NFC, I'm like, oh, God. Like, I'm the wildcard teams. I'm, like, scrounging to look around. I'm like, there's, <laughs> prob- there's not even, you know, seven good teams in here, I think. Um, but, uh, we're on the same page in the West. I'm going with the Rams defending champs. I think they're able to get it done as far as repeat, you know, winning that division, uh, in the East, I went with Dallas because I will always pick the Cowboys no matter what I, I am biased as hell. I just can't <laughs> the one year I pick against them, they'll win it. And then I will be like, Hey, you didn't even think they could do it. Right. And I really, I don't think they can do it. I think Philly's going to win, but I'm going with Dallas anyway. Um, the Cowboys frightened me just because they they got worse. I mean, they gave away Mark Cooper for a bag of Lay's potato chips, just the air, um, to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they... <laughs> you see <laughs> somebody, as soon as the Jalen Rager trade went through, everybody was like, the Eagles got more for Rager than the Cowboys did. For it's Mark so Cooper. pathetic, dude. I mean, the Cowboys, they're just, I, and the thing was, I get it. Like, you know, two years ago, they were, everyone was like, as soon as Maury signed that deal, they're like 20 million bucks. No way. They're going to keep him on. Like that's an easy cuttable contract or trade or whatever. But then like this year, the whole entire offseason was all these receivers getting the bag. Right. And I'm like, you really think Amari Cooper is not worth $20 million now? Because he is, I mean, he's really good. And right. uh, you know, it stinks that we're robbed of, you know, 11 weeks of him and Deshaun Watson, um, you know, regardless of what you think, for fantasy, I would have loved to see Amari Cooper play with a good quarterback. That won't happen. Um, but as far as how it affects the Cowboys, they bring back Michael Gallup, who has 
one leg. And uh, I just think that offense is going to take a step back. And I don't think that defense repeats either what they did. So I, I think it's going to be pretty tight. I know Dallas is favored in Vegas right now over Philly slightly, but that line's getting closer and closer. Um, but I'm still going to go with the Cowboys there. And then uh, Tampa, I think that's pretty chalk. And then I'm still going Green Bay uh, over Minnesota. I think that that division is very top heavy, clearly with those two guys. And then Detroit and and uh, Chicago are going to be bad. So I think that uh, it's going to come down to just those two. And I think Rodgers is enough for me to, to still give the edge to Green Bay, even though I still don't know who's throwing him the ball. So, uh, or he's throwing the ball too, sorry. So uh, East and the North, we got a little bit differences there. But what about the wildcard teams? Do we end up here netting out the same playoff teams? Who, who's your three wildcard teams for the NFC? Uh, so I, w- I went with the Packers. I felt that was the easiest one for me. I was like, man, if they're not winning the division, they're going to be damn close and they're going to be the wild card team for sure. Um, the, the next two, I was like sitting here. I'm like, I'm like, I can't put another South team in. I was like, so I guess it has to be from the East and the West. So I just ch- chose one of each. I put Dallas in there because I think their defense does enough. Uh, to get them into the wild card for sure. And obviously, I mean, it's Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and Zeke and, T- and like the off, it's going to be a good team. I just think Philly's going to be a little bit better. Um, and then I threw the Niners in there because I don't think you can ever really count out Kyle Shanahan and just like how good of a game planner he actually is. I know they have Trey Lance and stuff, but I think Trey Lance and that defense does just enough to get them into the wild card too. I like it. So we, you got Green Bay as a wild card. I put Minnesota as a wild card. So we both ended up right. with both with two <laughs> NFC North teams. And then, yeah, I was kind of sitting there the same with the same decision because I don't believe in New Orleans at all. It was kind of funny. Be, I even like, you know, obviously anyone could do this. I just Googled like 2022 NFL predictions after I put mine together just to see if I was way off. Because every one of these websites, you know, all the major websites put out the, you know, their predictions. And I was surprised how much New Orleans did show up, even you know as a wild card team. Or I saw a few people that had them as a division winner due to Tampa Bay's offensive line issues, and and I I just don't see it, which really makes me even more mad because they gave their first round pick next year to Philly. So I think that'll end up being a top fifteen pick, if not top twelve. I, I think they're going to struggle. So I couldn't put any NFC South teams in there. I was I was with you. So I went with Philadelphia. Uh, so again, kind of offset in there. Uh, we ended up with the same teams there, but. I went with the Cardinals over San Francisco. Uh, I think that, you know, that offense should be even better than than last year. I like what they did. I'm keeping Zach Ertz, I, I thought was good. We'll see if he starts week one or not. But, uh, you know, six games without Nuke, and then they'll be lining up Nuke and Hollywood Brown uh, and Rondell Moore. Uh, I, I think that offense is, is good enough to compete with what San Francisco can do. And I just, I'm going to take Kyler Murray over Trey Lance right now. And for fantasy, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I hope I, I think there's a pretty decent gap between those two players. So I'm going to lean into the quarterback there, uh, Edge for Arizona over San Francisco, betting against Kyle Shanahan. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. That's but, that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe I'm salty that San Fran beat beat my Cowboys last year in the playoffs too, and just the most depressing playoff game of all time. So. <laughs> Oh, uh, just gross. you obviously are not a Steelers fan who watched the Steelers lose to the Browns. So. Oh, I guess that's true. Well, I think it was because I was so distraught because that game was immediately following uh, that uh, that Cowboys. The, the whole day is just blocked out for both of us. So, <laughs> it was so bad, especially because of how good uh, it was, of how good the day before was. And then those playoff games the following day were just just horrendous. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. So we got a, we got a few teams the same there. I think this AFC though is going to be a lot more interesting to see because there are a ton of teams that I think are playoff worthy and not enough spots to go around. So why don't we start off with the division winners? Who you got in the AFC? 
Uh, all right, Bills, done. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That was the easy one. Um, yep. The next three are a little bit more difficult. I think the next easiest is the Colts winning the South because um, I don't know if they have all that much competition in that division. Spoiler alert for something later. Um, all right, I'll go with the West. <laughs> I picked the LA Chargers, and I feel like I picked the Chargers to win last year or maybe at least had them in the um, – in the wild card. I think the chargers it's year three for Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer in year two. Um, they also got Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler, obviously. And then their defense, if their defense just stays healthy, I think that that team could be the best team in that division. I think the chiefs regress a little bit. They're not going to be as strong as they were without Tyree kill offensively. Um, the Raiders. Yeah. They added, you know, Devonte Adams, but you know, it's, it's a new offense with Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr is not as good of a quarterback as Justin Herbert. So kind of like what you were saying with Kyler Murray to Trey Lance, it's Justin Herbert to Derek Carr. And I really, really like the Broncos too, but I just think again, it's, it's a new offense with a new quarterback. They got to kind of, you know, get things on the same page. And I think that they, they're not going to struggle, but I think they just, it's just a little bit slower. They'll still win games, but they're not going to be as overpowered. Uh, as they could potentially be later on down the year to start the year. So I think the Chargers have an advantage. Um, and then the AFC North, I picked the Ravens because I think they're going to go back to what they had in 2019, 2020, because now you know they trade away Hollywood Brown. That, to me, tells me that they want to run the ball more. They get a healthy J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards uh, should be back you know, in, in a few weeks or whatever whenever he comes back from the pup. So... That team is going to run a lot more. They're going to play their defensive football. They're going to go back to what made them successful in 2019 and 2020. Obviously, if Lamar doesn't get hurt, they're so much better of a team last year, you know, anyway. Even though Tyler Huntley performed really well, it's still going to be so much better with Lamar Jackson. And I think the Bengals, with a harder schedule than what they had last year, uh, regress a little bit as well, too. So I think I have the Ravens winning the AFC North. All right. And then I might have been, and I'm sorry, I was jotting this down. Who do you have in the South? Colts. All right. Well, we ended up uh, actually with identical division winners in the, nice. in the AFC. So that means none of these guys will win. No, nope. um, sorry. But fans of everybody. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I think on the, on the chargers. Yeah. I think they'll, they'll they're going to take a step and I could see um, uh, the chiefs and the Raiders taking a step back this year. Uh, I think the loss of Tyree Kill is a big one. I know they've just added, you know, they've just thrown a bunch of players at, at that spot and, and we'll see what that ends up. But I mean, I'm going to take the the quality over the quantity there uh, in mm-hmm. for the Chiefs. And this is putting a lot on Travis Kelsey then uh, in that offense. So, and Patrick Mahomes. And I know Mahomes is a beast, but I think the Chargers are just the more complete team. The weapons that they have on offense are solid. The defense got stronger uh this offseason so i think that's gonna boost them into that divisional win baltimore for me the one thing that jumped out and there's and this kind of plays into one of my wild card teams too but baltimore's gonna be playing that last place schedule um and i so i think that's gonna set up really well for them i mean that division was insanely close last year i don't think it will be this year i think it's gonna be pretty top heavy between baltimore and cincinnati uh Sorry, Steelers fans, but I mean, it, it's no, nope, you're, you. you're starting your QB one is Mr. Bisky right now. So, um, it's not, I was just going through the Steelers schedule the other day with a couple of my friends who are also Steelers fans. And we were all wondering, um, if they were even going to get to six wins based on their schedule. Cause it's, yeah. 
it's kind of rough. So <laughs> you, you mentioned betting against Kyle Shannon, betting against Mike Tomlin is not shown to be a good strategy, but uh, right. right. This, this might be it. <laughs> There's anything that uh, he might not be able to overcome. It might be the situation with that offense this year. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but uh, I think Baltimore, I think that's going to help them out and they're going to have at least they're going to go at least three and one, maybe four and oh against the Browns and the Steelers this year. So that's going to be pretty, uh, a pretty big leg up in addition to the weaker schedule having finished last last year. This whole schedule is meant to, you know, create some parity. So I went with the Chargers, Bills, Colts, and Ravens as well. So let's see if there's any differences with the wild card teams. Who do you have making the playoffs as a wild card in the AFC? Right. So um, I have the the Bengals um, just as one of the three spots as well. I agree with what you said that they're well. I think that they're not going to be as good as what they were playing on a harder schedule. I still think they're going to be very very good. Um, the easy second place team in the North and they get one of the wild card spots. Um, and then I gave the other two to the chiefs and the Broncos still two other teams. I, I really wanted to put all four AFC West teams into the playoffs. <laughs> um, I'm really interested to see if there's like a bet on what that could, like what the odds would be on that bet on all four teams making the playoffs that they all just kind of beat up on each other divisionally, but then win all their other games that could be like a really interesting and fun situation that could play out. Like if we, if that possibility gets, you know, closer and closer to the season actually being a thing, but I, I chose the chiefs and the Broncos. I kept the Raiders out um, just cause I think, I think Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid get it done. Um, and like I said, I think the Broncos are going to be really, really good with Russell Wilson. Um, and their defense is also still pretty solid too. So I'm going to take uh, the two, two of the other AFC West teams and Cincy. All right. Well, I, I had Cincy as well. I think that they'll, again, they can beat up on Pittsburgh and, and the Browns and they'll still be really good. That team's improved. I think when you look at what they did in the offensive line, that's a big one. Sure. Um, Denver, I had in, in there as well. Kind of similar. I'll draw that same line. Like Denver's playing a last place schedule. Um, and uh, this season, bringing in Russell Wilson is huge. Uh, they added some other pieces as well uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So I think they're going to be good enough to make the playoffs. Uh, I believe... I can't, I think they finished the the year with like four straight losses, but before that they had, they were, they had a winning record, you know, but that division is just really, really tough. So right. can't just discount four straight losses, but I, I think that Denver is going to be able to get it done with Russell Wilson. And then the last one, the correct pick is the chiefs, you know, but I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go a different route. I'm just going to choose a different team that I think could just sneak in there. I don't really have any off the wall ones. So as tough as the AFC is, I put the Miami Dolphins in. Yes, uh, I was with hoping that was going to be the team. Nice. <laughs> so, so we'll we'll see. I I think that uh, New England takes a little bit of a step back this year compared to where they were record wise last season. The Jets are going to continue to be horrible, um, which which stinks. I wish they were good. That, that offense would be a lot more fun. Uh, let's hope Zach Wilson can take a step. But I think Miami is setting up for, uh, you know, not an overly difficult divisional opponents there compared to the West, which is probably just going to eat into each other a little bit. So it'll, it'll be super, super close. It's, it's probably no one else would want to put Kansas city out, but that's the decision I made. Uh, I'll take the edge over to Denver over, over the Chiefs slightly and then get the dolphins in there uh, and hope that Tua can put it all together with all these, you know, with these weapons now that he has uh, and Tyreek Hill will hopefully produce some fancy goodness along the way to their uh, playoff run. So there you nice. go. <laughs> I love it, dude. I'm I'm all in on the two. I have Tua Tyreek and Scott Fishbowl as my my stack. I am I'm so in on Tua being good. <laughs> I I hope he is, man. We and we could use it. Like when we were looking, I did a show this summer 
and we were looking at DLF like uh, rankings, uh, and it's just it. There's like that top heavy, like, hey, you better be twenty, you in your twenties, and then it just like, phew, like, man, just like, with man that, who do you want after that? <laughs> yeah, we we need like we need Lance Fields, uh, T Law, like we need these guys to take a you know to take a big jump because this right. quarterback landscape could get gross quick, you know, uh, and be re- we'd be really reliant on the 2023 class if those guys don't step up, at least a couple of them. So for sure. We'll see. Sure. And two is definitely in that group too. I know he's not a sophomore guy, but uh, he he's in that group too. We need, we need him to, to make a jump and they, they put enough weapons around and we should be able to do it. So. Hopefully. Uh, all right. We got the super bowl matchup and the champ. I didn't go through all the other matchups that I think we're just going to jump right to it. So who do you have in the super bowl and who's going to be our uh, super bowl champ for the 2022 season? All right. So I have the Buffalo bills making it from the AFC. I'm just going to go chalk there. I'm not doing anything all that special. Um, but I went with my flyer pick, and maybe it's because I'm sipping the Kool-Aid from my friend, but I think they're going to – the Bills are going to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be I, horrible. <laughs> I think the Bills I think the Bills win, so you don't have to deal all right. with all that. Good. <laughs> but I think they're going to make the Super Bowl because their defense – is pretty strong. I think Jalen Hurts takes a massive step this year with the addition of A.J. Brown. I just think that he opens up so much for their offense, makes Devonta Smith a wide receiver two, who's better than like half the league's wide receiver ones. Um, and that I think that that team is just going to be really, really strong, plays like solid, fundamental football every single game. And to be honest, whenever they get into you know the playoffs in the NFC, they're going to be playing at home for probably the first uh, game or two, assuming that they don't get the two seed, which I think is still a solid possibility that they get the two seed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess the one seed only gets a buy now because seven teams. But anyway, so they'll be playing at home for the first two um, games, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a major advantage. I think that they they beat whichever wildcard team comes to Philly, and then if they have to play like Green Bay or Tampa or whoever in Philly too, I think that they can still win that game. And it's just really going to come down to can they beat the Rams, which I think honestly they could. Um, and so I have them going into the uh, the Super Bowl losing, but I have them making it. All right. Well, uh, I, as a Cowboys fan, I hope that doesn't happen. As somebody <laughs> that likes to watch fantasy points get put up, I hope Jalen Hurts takes takes a step this year, mm-hmm. also for AJ Brown's sake. But I mean, we've seen AJ Brown do it on on small target numbers in the past. I think he can still be really good. Um, even if Hertz doesn't take a step, but if Hertz takes a step, I think the fantasy world is going to explode. I mean, it, right. it, the hype train had just been crazy for him. And as much as I was talking to somebody about this the other day, as much as the Trey Lance hype kind of geared down a little bit, like, you know, is that it all, they all just took all the Trey Lance hype and just dumped it on top of Jalen Hurts even more. Like the guy is just crazy. I, I did multiple drafts over the last couple in the last like week, week and a half. And Hertz was going ahead of Kyler. He went ahead of him in all three. He went ahead of Lamar in two of those th- two of those three. Sheesh. I'm like, I'm like, man, like he's really got to be good <laughs> for him, yeah. for that to happen. But I mean, I think he does it though. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I, I'm with you though. Uh, we actually had the same Super Bowl champion. I went with the Bills. Uh, All right. There are so many more teams in the AFC. I would take over any of the NFC contenders. But I had to pick one. Uh, so I just I just uh, I just went with well, he's Tom freaking Brady. So I went with Bucks Bills in the Super Bowl with the Bills taking home getting a ring. Uh, for the first time, and is that ever like what? When was the last time they won? Never. 
Uh, I know they had the four Super Bowls in a row, but it would be cool yeah. to see Josh Allen get it done. I think. Yeah, uh, they're a fun team. So yeah. somebody, somebody fresh. I'm Let's here for it. I debated the Bucks in the Super Bowl as well too. So they're they're definitely on the short list. Um, it was either, to be honest, it was the Rams, Eagles, or Bucks for me. I don't think anybody else is really a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the Bucks though, just because I know it's Tom Brady, but he took all that time off from like the preseason. We don't, we still don't even really know what that is. If he was singing or getting divorced <laughs> or yeah. what, I don't know. There's so many rumors about what he was doing. Yeah. Um, their offensive line is not good. Mm-mm. Um, they, we don't know really how effective Chris Godwin is going to be and for how long, you know, he could be that ineffective. Uh, you know, Julio Jones hasn't played like more than four games in like three years. And Russell Gage, I think is good. And Mike Evans, I think are good. No Gronk. And their defense, I think could just take a step back. Like they were really, really good the year they won the Super Bowl. And then it's just kind of like, you know, your defense can only play so well for so long. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they, they win their division so easily, but I think whenever you stack them up against the better teams in the NFC, I think they struggle a little bit. And I, I am a little bit concerned about, how far they could go in the playoffs. I definitely, uh, the offensive line thing is, is real for sure. And I think if the bucks were in the AFC, I mean, they'd be borderline not in, they like, might not <laughs> even make it in. Yeah. So it, it's just, the NFC is so weak, uh, which that's why it's so disappointing too, as you know, as a Cowboys fan, like, Oh my God, like this is right here for the taking and we can't do anything. Can't get right. out of our own way. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see, man. I, I, I feel like whoever comes out of the NFC can't beat the top three, four teams from the AFC. So it's probably just going to be whoever comes out of the AFC win the Super Bowl. So you put your money on the other side. Um, but uh, <laughs> well, there we, there we go. So a few similarities, a few differences should be interesting. Uh, we'll take a look back at this uh, and see how we did at the end of the season. But for, for now, let's dive into, we got some categories here uh, at, for each position going forward. But as we wrap up the predictions, 2023 class, these draft picks, they're so valuable right now for Dynasty. Can't get them, right? Can't have them. They're off limits. I've had so many people like, well, I can, I'll give you my third. I'm like, no, man, I'm, I'm you know, what, what's, what's, let's have a conversation here. Uh, nobody wants to give these 23 and three picks because of this incoming rookie class. And obviously, Superflex, number one overall pick is going to be a big deal on where these, this quarterback class lands and who mm-hmm. is sitting there with the first pick for 2023. So, who do we think is going to be the worst team? This upcoming season is going to be sitting there on the clock uh, for the 2023 draft. Who do you have? I have a hot take. Um, <laughs> All right, let's hear it. It's, it's not Detroit. It's not Atlanta or Chicago. I have the Tennessee Titans. Whoa. Dang. That, okay. I wouldn't have guessed that. You could have given me 10 guesses. I would have got there. <laughs> Shoot. Dang. The and, yeah, we both, had, we both had Tennessee out of the playoffs. I didn't even uh, really, I didn't really catch that this AFC stack, but man, the one the one hundred one, huh? Yeah, um, I, and I mean, I get it because they they play in a division with the Jaguars and the Texans. It's kind of like how do they almost not have three or four wins just from that alone? But I think there there's been not a lot of great stuff coming out of Tennessee. I mean, they um, everybody's going to want Malik Willis to play like every single week. Um, they ship away their their franchise wide receiver for the rookie version of him in Traylon Burks, but the dude's been like asthmatic and kind of injured as well. And we don't even know if he's going to be playing, let alone if he does, if he's going to be all that effective, they have their other wide receiver is a Robert Woods coming off of a torn Achilles, like a 30, 31 year old Robert Woods coming off a torn Achilles. 
Um, and then Kyle Phillips, who was like a th- day three pick and Nick Westbrook, Ikeene, like it's, it's Derrick Henry again, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I think that when you look at the Tennessee Titans schedule, they're playing a pretty rough schedule. I mean, cause they won the division last year. So they, they're playing a really, they, they played the Buffalo bills. Uh, they got the Colts twice, obviously, cause they play in division. I think that they split with the Texans and the Jaguars each. Then they also play the Chiefs, Broncos, Packers, Bengals, Eagles. That's a five-week stretch from November to the beginning of December. Chiefs, Broncos, Packers, Bengals, Eagles. Um, then they play the Jags. Then they play the Chargers. Then they play the Texans. Then they play the Cowboys. So, like, when you – like, and, and actually, I, I kind of came up with this when I was answering a question uh, on the DLF channel. Uh, a comment came in because I had said that I think Malik Willis – starts before Desmond Ritter. And he was like, why do you think that? And I said, well, if you look at it, I said the Titans have an earlier buy than the Falcons do. And I also think that the Titans have a worse record at their bye week than the Falcons do at their bye week. I think it's a solid chance when you look at the Falcons schedule that they're, you know, for a four or five win team by like, they have like a week 13 or week 14 by they're one of those like super late teams. So I think that they have a four or five win team. And I think that the Titans at worst, I think could be a two win team going into their week 10 or week 11 by based on, you know, everything that I've been looking at with their schedule. And then they play after their buy, they play, you know, the Eagles and the chargers and the Cowboys to kind of three of their last six games. So I, I think that the Titans are going to struggle. I know it's Mike Vrabel and that he seems to really get the best out of his players every single week, but um, I'm throwing in, throwing in the hot take, the Tennessee, I think they, I think there's a really good chance they're a top, five, a bottom five team, uh, and a top five pick. Um, but I just, I wanted to highlight them as potentially being the 101, uh, and and nobody's talking about it. So when it happens, I'm gonna pull, pull up this recording with timestamps, September sixth, <laughs> Tennessee Titans 101. All right, man. Well, and if uh, people are looking for uh, Malik Willis to play, and then the Titans X, and then they fall into the 101, I don't know if that's a that's that'll uh, provide oh, no. great fantasy. That's the other thing too. If, if Malik Willis plays, we're talking about a day three rookie quarterback then in this offense, which I think is also going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. So, right, more just more fuel to the fire here. <laughs> Dang man, yeah, that's that's uh, I I dig that. I left Tennessee out. I really didn't even when I was talking when I was looking at the South. I was like, man, I just I think it's pretty easily the Colts. You know, I think that they're they're pretty well rounded team. Adding Matt Ryan. Um, is a slight upgrade, but they were almost there. They were one, you know, they were a Jaguars loss away from, you know, making the playoffs last year. Uh, I think they could, they could make it, they can make it Tennessee. I, I do feel like you said, I think you made some great points. So it makes, <laughs> it makes my uh, pick here not as sexy, but I'm just going with the bears because I live in Chicago. I think this is the most putrid organization right so now bad. in the league. They're so, so, so bad. Um, it stinks there. They've of course, like whenever you see these teams, like from afar, whenever they don't align with like the regime changes and then they, they spend up on a QB and then they are like the, I just think this field's experiment, I want it to work. I really do, but I, I just don't see this being a successful 2022 campaign. And it's going to be so bad. I think they're gonna be sitting there with the, uh, the worst record in the league. There is definitely, like you mentioned, there are some other teams that are going to be candidates for it, but I think it's going to be the bears. Um, because of course the Lions are going to beat them twice, uh, hard knocks. So 
Um, there's that. <laughs> but anyway, say, all right. To, well, to the Bears' credit, to the Bears' credit, they get Houston, the Giants, Washington, um, the Lions twice, the Falcons, and the Jets. So they so have if they don't opportunities. If they, if, if, if they don't, if they win, don't win six games out of like if they don't win six games this year, I think it's already going to be the sky is falling, and I, I think it's going to be I think it's be bad. I think two wins for the Bears this year. That's where I'm putting it. Man, <laughs> so we'll we'll see. Hoping not I though. I got too much Justin Fields. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Speaking of the quarterbacks, let's roll through these. I got a bunch of categories here. Some of these again are uh, are probably relevant stats. Things we want to would want to know. Uh, who the who the leader is in these categories. Some of them are random as hell just to mix it up, have some fun. Let's just start with the quarterback position, man. Who is going to be leading the NFL in passing yards in 2022? Who you got? I went the chalk pick. I went with Josh Allen. I feel like I, 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 I Stefan Diggs is going to have like 1,400 receiving yards. Um, <laughs> I am on team Gabe Davis. Um, and then, you know, they still have Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, Dawson Knox, James Cook now too. And Devin Singletary can still catch the ball pretty well out of the backfield. So I, I think that there's just a lot of weapons there. And Josh Allen's going to throw the ball like 650 times. So I just had Josh Allen. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm going with uh I'm going with Justin Herbert. Uh the pass All attempts right. last year were were right there, all just behind Tom Brady. Uh I think he'll throw the ball a ton still. I think they're gonna have a successful season. I, I think there'll be a little less of them, you know, playing from behind or scrambling. Uh, but they're still in a really tough division. He's gonna have to continue to ball out. Uh, and I, I think he can put up 5,000 plus yards this season uh, with those weapons around him. So I'm going to go with Herbert. Uh, it's it's always good when these young QBs actually are producing. Uh, and these two guys have been studs between Allen and Herbert. So we'll see. I think that one will be interesting uh, one to follow along with this season. Uh, we're going to go with some of the rushing quarterbacks here. So this one uh, is the QB with the most fancy points from their rushing production. Uh, there's some obvious names here and heck it could be the same guy you just mentioned, but who do you have at the top of the board, uh, from the quarterback position as far as rushing production? Yep. Here again, the Kool-Aid is Jalen hurts for me. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I really think that he has the opportunity to have a Lamar Jackson 2019 season. And if that's the case, you know, I, I don't think Lamar ran for like 1100 yards and like 12 touchdowns that year, but you know, Hertz was 810 last year. And I think that that's, you know, still a pretty solid, I, I think, kind of prediction that you could have him do that again and still be more effective in the passing game still. I think they're going to have more red zone opportunities, which means more opportunities for him to just sneak it in. Uh, I think he's going to run just as much as he normally does. Um, and I, I think that Jalen Hurts is just going to have an MVP caliber season for fantasy. Uh, and a lot of that's going to be due to his rushing. All right. I'm, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going with Lamar. Uh, I think he'll fall out right. of bed into a thousand yards. Uh, I think what you mentioned there, as far as them getting rid of Hollywood Brown, you know, I, I think, and this is probably why I'm a little bit down on like Andrews as well. Like I, I do think that they just focus on running the ball. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Lamar is going to be a huge part of that. So I think he'll, he'll bounce back this season after a little bit disappointing 2021. Um, so I, I think those two are kind of the, 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 you know, the, the more obvious answers between those, obviously you're going to have, you know, Allen and, you know, hopefully Kyler comes back a little bit, you know, as far as his rushing production. But I, I think Lamar is going to have a thousand yards, just pretty much falling out of bed this year and, and we'll see. So, <laughs> um, and, but uh, if, if your boy, Miles Sanders decides to have zero total touchdowns again, then, you know, Jalen hurts, there's plenty on the bone for him. So 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Yep. It's Kenny Gainwell now. We're, we're team. Oh, sorry. Gainwell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's flip it to uh, maybe not so good, but uh, let's predict the quarterback with the most interceptions. This is always a fun category. Uh, and there are some big names that have put up, you know, have some pretty decent interception numbers. Um, you know, not named Aaron Rodgers, but I was surprised when I looked, I was like, man, there are some big name guys that are still really good quarterbacks. They throw the ball so much, they still end up with plenty of interceptions. So could go either route there, bad quarterback or just a quarterback with high volume. But uh, who are you going with? Yeah, I actually, uh, speaking of that, I wanted to go with Joe Burrow because when I was looking at it, he was like seventh or eighth in interceptions last year, but had like by far the fewest pass attempts. Like his interception percentage last year was insane. Uh, so I, I had considered... You know, I was like, if he gets, you know, up to like the 600 pass attempt range where he was in like the 520s or 30s mm-hmm. last year um, that, you know, maybe he gets 15, 16, 17 interception. I know Stafford was actually tied uh, for the most interceptions last year with my pick Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence because I think that he is still going to throw the ball a lot. Um, I think they're going to that he's going to try and air it out to Christian Kirk. And I think he might not be all that successful. Um, I still think that he's going to struggle a little bit, not have the breakout year that I think a lot of people suspect in year two. I think it'll be a lot better than what he was last year, but I still think those interceptions are going to come. And I think that he's going to lead the league. Yeah. His, his numbers were so putrid last year. It was, and I try to give him the pass. Like that was kind of my thing. I'm like, no, oh, we know Urban Meyer and, and everything, but eventually like the, I went, I, that's how I started the off season. I was like, I ah, just throw that away, you know, for Trevor right. Lawrence, you know, he's, First overall pick. We've waiting on this kid for so many years. And then I kind of slowly drifted to like, man, but those numbers are so bad. Like every time I looked at it, they're just so bad. And they added just a bunch of, you know, guys at the receiver position. Like I wanted them to add a big time weapon. There were so many receivers on the move or in the draft and nothing, you know. Nobody uh, so, Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm not That's pumped. Why they had to for- pay Christian Kirk like 22 mil a year to come <laughs> play for them. And and uh, even given Zay Jones a decent uh, contract, yeah. I'm like, what is going on? Like, they must be watching different tape uh, than everybody else. But I think Lawrence is going to be up there. Um, I sold him in a couple spots that, you know, I just felt like this is, you know, if you believe this is the time to buy low, if you don't, it's not, his stock might not be any higher than this. It's really such a tough call. I've had a lot of conversation around Lawrence, but I went a different route. I just picked, uh, I went with Baker uh we'll right. we'll see i think that's going to be a bad team um again i think uh they could just go to sam darnold uh mid-season but i i think they're hopefully done with that experiment so baker's a guy that's had some some decent interception years in the past so i was trying to pick a bad team that i think's gonna be playing from behind quite a bit uh so i went i went with and and won't be benched i don't think there's too much of a chance that baker gets benched so i'm gonna go with uh baker mayfield for most interceptions and we'll uh We'll see how that one plays out. Last quarterback one here. Uh, quarterback with the highest of uh, the highest on target percentage. So I found this on Pro Football Reference. If everybody wants that, you just go to advanced stats and it's in there. Um, it's it's kind of surprising some of the guys, and also not surprising, uh, where some of the guys ranked on here. But uh, where who who do you think will be at the top of the board on the uh, on target percentage in 2022? I went with Derek Carr um, because I, his completion percentage you know, just from that last year was one of the highest in among quarterbacks. I think it was either third or fourth. Um, and so I think with the addition of Devonte Adams, basically this team doesn't really have like a speedster wide receiver. So I think that that kind of eliminates the long ball throws where the on target percentage might be, you know, a little bit more 
fluctuating. So this offense is going to be funneled through Devontae Adams, who is short to intermediate, Hunter Renfro, who is short to intermediate, Darren Waller, who is short to intermediate. Um, and then they have Josh Jacobs. And if Amir Abdullah ends up playing the James White role in the Josh McDaniels offense, you know, then that's passes coming to running backs out of the backfield. Uh, so I think this entire offense is going to be consisting of lots of short area throws um, that just kind of optimizes on the player's ability to get open with route running or contested catches um, or getting them the ball in, in space, you know? So, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's going to work out pretty well for Derek Carr. They're going to be successful doing that. Um, but I think that that's just, those are easy throws that I think he can make um, and lead to a high on target percentage. I kind of use a similar philosophy. I also hung my hat on the fact that this guy probably, you know, I think if the, uh, the new head coach has his way, won't be throwing the ball a ton coming over from San Francisco where they threw the balls, I believe the second fewest amount of times last year. And Jimmy G was second in on target percentage uh, in 2021. So I went with Tua. So hopefully Tua will have a successful 2022 campaign and uh, we'll all be, we'll be thrown with a fantasy output that that'll produce as well. Uh, But yeah, I think just uh, sticking with those short area targets, we'll see how much he bombs it out to Tyreek. I think he'll, he'll do it once just to show he did it and be like, ah, now it's on tape. And then hopefully they'll just kind of stick to like, all right, just get the ball in these playmakers hands. Yeah, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I, I'm all, I'm, I'm all for it too. I'm hoping all right. for it. <laughs> good, good deal, man. I hope so. Cause I, I, uh, I got him in a few spots where I was like, man, the price is just so good right now. Why not? Well, let's take the shot on this kid and hopefully uh, you can't argue with the weapons. So, uh, all right. We got some running back ones here. Uh, the first one is running back uh, who will lead the league in total touchdowns. So I believe this might have Eckler and I think JT might have tied last year, if I remember right. Because so. Eckler's uh, Eckler had like had six or eight receiving eight. touchdowns, something crazy. Yeah, eight. dude, just yeah. nuts. Uh, and then you still had, you know, James Conner out there piling up a thousand rushing and touchdowns. So you never know when these are going to come. We've seen big years from Dalvin Cook and then last year, maybe not so much. So I think there's a lot of names that are contenders for this. Um, but, uh, who do you have as the running back leader in total touchdowns? I have someone who's done it before. And I think that his situation has only gotten better for him to do it again. Uh, and that's Aaron Jones, uh, because you know, it was just a couple years ago. He had, um, I think it was 16 touchdowns or something more than that. Uh, but mm-hmm. a lot of that came through, you know, just kind of like a 50, 50 combo of rushing and receiving. I definitely think AJ Dillon is going to take a lot of rushing work away from Aaron Jones, but you know, this team and the, the wide receivers that they have is just going to lend itself so much to Aaron Rodgers just trusting a guy that he knows in Aaron Jones can deliver with the ball in his hand. So I think um, Aaron Jones has a really good opportunity to be a primary target for Aaron Rodgers everywhere on the field, but especially inside the red zone. Um, and so I think that he has, a decent chance to see a good amount of red zone receptions and rush attempts to where I would not be surprised if he was 15 plus touchdowns. Cause I mean, and he's so good. He's so effective. Like he has that ability to have those three or four touchdown games that if he does that once, then has another couple, you know, two touchdown games, you know, I wouldn't be all that surprised. And I think that Aaron Jones could have uh, one more elite season before AJ Dillon takes everything. <laughs> all right. I, I, Man, Aaron Jones has definitely been a polarizing player this offseason. It's going to be interesting to see how that uh, that backfield split works, but also, too, like you alluded to, the amount of work that he 
should get in the passing game. And we've, and we've seen big years from him as far as finding pay dirt in the past. So I think it's going right. to be exciting to kind of watch and see how that falls. And uh, he's somebody that I've heard, you know, uh, a lot of high praise for, and then, uh, you know, that AJ Dillon concerns, but I think he's, you know, talent wise should be able to get it done and be an interesting name at the top of this, this category. Uh, I went with Derrick Henry. Uh, I have Derrick Henry really high in my rankings. Like I, you know, I, I think that the ten- this Tennessee offense, you kind of talked about it earlier with just the lack of people around him now, you know, right. uh, in that receiving game. Ryan Tannehill also has had seven rushing touchdowns the last two seasons, so maybe they'll give a few, just leave it in the gut of Derrick Henry a few more times. I mean, Henry's already had massive years, 2019, 16 rushing touchdowns, 17 rushing touchdowns in 2020, and then just 10 rushing touchdowns last year. He played eight games. Like, I, I think that, like, 400 carries is not, you know, not uh, out of out of the question here for Derrick Henry this season. So uh, I, I think he could get it done this year. I have a lot of high hopes for Derrick Henry this year. It could be the swan song. Uh, I hope it's not, but I'm treating it that this is probably it uh, for fantasy anyway. And then I'll move him into the Zeke, uh, the Zeke tier and be done with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> for me, Derrick Henry is a guy that I'm counting on in a lot of spots this year. So I'm hoping those touchdown numbers follow. Going to be tough to lead the league though, when you have like one receiving touchdown, but uh we will see that's all right he's gonna lead the league in rush attempts by far and it's oh yeah should get it should get it done he's so good all right speaking of derrick henry receptions this is my favorite category i've done this the last couple years it's kind of ridiculous helps no one really um and sometimes you're just banking on injury i guess and this one ended up last year being pretty close despite both these players being injured but christian mccaffrey receptions or derrick henry receptions with a uh, four times multiplier on it so Derrick Henry last year had a career. He was one off his career high in receptions, which I believe was like 18. Uh, and he only played in those eight games. So he was, he was actually catching the ball a decent amount for Derrick Henry standards. Of course, CMC is a freaking monster and would just obliterate anyone uh, in the league as far as receptions from the running back position. But we're, go- we're giving Derrick Henry at times four on his reception total. So, all right, this could be the last. Like I said, this could be the swan song for this category, but what are you taking? CMC receptions or Derrick Henry receptions times four? Uh, I really wanted to pick Christian McCaffrey. I've been team CMC 101 all year. Uh, but this one, like you said, Derrick Henry had a basically a career year. It was a career year in terms of receptions per game last year. I think that that opportunity might just may be still there or perhaps gotten even better with the departure of A.J. Brown. Uh, and Derrick Henry is by far the best weapon on this team. And I, it really is baffling that they just don't give the dude like four swing passes every single game and just like let him run out wide that way and face 180 pound cornerbacks and just like pick up 20 yards. I don't know why they don't do that more, um, but I'm hoping that they will like they did last year. And if he gets, you know, upwards of 25, maybe even 30 receptions, that's going to be really hard on a times four multiplier for CMC to get there. Um, and maybe it's a little bit of a bet that CMC's volume drops a little bit. And just because they they're trying to reduce his workload and his playing time to keep him healthier. Um, I still think the dude's going to lead the league in receptions uh, at the running back position, but the times four multiplier for Derrick Henry without AJ Brown is just, that's too much for me. If it was times three, I think you would have a different <laughs> conversation, but the times four is way too much. Yeah, let's get let's get to that 30 receptions, Derrick Henry, and I'm going to take him with the multiplier over the CMC receptions. Uh, I believe uh, I saw on Twitter somebody said that if you didn't take CMC with the 101, you were a coward. 
uh something along those lines Man, i don't know who would have said would that say but that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh so it's gonna be i think cmc's in for a big year but i think with henry you you mentioned it why they don't give him those passes more often I, it still just baffles me because it seems like every time they do the dude just you know takes it to the house almost i'm like why don't you do this a few more times? <laughs> I, it's it's but, so uh, confusing. Yeah. yeah, and they've added no one there in that backfield. I mean, it's just they just they're just gonna rely on him so much. I just think it's pretty obvious that Henry will see a ton of workload, and if he can get you that thirty receptions, that's just a cherry on top. Um, but I think he can get there this year. So mm-hmm. hope, hopefully, both these guys are healthy, and we'll actually be able to see the the real numbers show up for both these guys in twenty twenty two. Uh, another running back one here. This is extremely just off the wall, but the running back with the longest rush of the year. <laughs> uh, who are you going with? I went with Derrick Henry. Um, hey, I, all right. <laughs> the the dude when he gets moving, he cannot be stopped. And when I, and I'm just gonna bet that one rush out of like his 400 rush attempts is just gonna go for like 80 yards or something like that. Like he had a couple 70 yarders last year, four touchdowns and. I think maybe, you know, one time they get pinned, he's on like the six or the five and he just takes it and he's gone. Derrick Henry. All right. I'm going to go with uh, CEH because I just want something positive for him. <laughs> the dude runs like a four, six, 40, man. I know. I like, like I've 50. gone before. I've gone the Raheem Mostert way. I've gone like the speedster way. I'm like, forget it. I'm going to go with the four, six, 40 guy. Lydor Delaire. <laughs> Let's go. They'll just be like, all right. It'll probably well, how it'll probably work is it'll be like a Hail Mary situation at the end of the half, and Mahomes will swing it out, but it'll be behind the line of scrimmage, and like he'll just take it all the way, you know, 80 yards. So let's that let's happens, hope. man. I, Come on, baby. I'm I, I just I need this. All right. I need CH. Right. I gotta speak it into existence. <laughs> all right. No, that's fair. There we go. All right. Last uh oh, I got two more running back ones. I had plenty of running back ones this year. Um, the top three running backs and first downs. I always use this category because it's just a public service announcement that I should be playing with points for first down. I love it. I think it's the best way to play. Thank you, Scott Fish, for bringing this into my life. Half PPR and a half point for first down. I love it. It. I love try it. to convert all my leagues to that, but not successful yet. But I'm getting there. Some of them I didn't even ask. I just did it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what are the top three running backs and in, in, uh, in first downs for 2022? I think there's a little bit of chalkiness here, but uh, who you got? Uh, so I got Derrick Henry. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Every guy. Yeah, basically. Um, Jonathan Taylor, because mm-hmm. wasn't he? He led the league in rushing first downs by like 80 or something like that. Last it, year. it was it was it crazy. Was, yeah. Nobody else was. I think second last year was either second or third was Antonio Gibson. And I just remember that because I was like, oh, are you for real? Uh, but it was like by a lot. Like it wasn't even close how far ahead JT was. Yeah. Um, and then third, I have no idea why I put this here, but I just put Joe Mixon because I think he's going to get volume. Right. Um, so I just, I, yeah. <laughs> all right, there you go. I, I went the volume route as well. I think all three of these guys should see 300 carries, probably. I, I went with with Derrick Henry, of course, JT. Mm-hmm. And then I went Najee uh, right. because, I mean, there's nobody there that I'm afraid of stealing any work from him. So I think he'll see plenty of uh, first downs this year. But again, PSA. Use punch first down. It's fun. Um, all right. Last running back one here. Running back with the most broken tackles rushing. Uh, I said the most broken tackles rushing because I could find that stat on Pro Football Reference uh, from last year. So that's why I went with that route. Um, all right. Who's the running back that's going to break the most tackles? Who you got? Derek. Derek Henry. 
(laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Done. (laughs) Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, um, and then the broken tackle king, Mm -hmm. Javante Williams. Yeah. Dude just breaks like seven tackles a rush. So, yeah. Yeah. Those are my three there. Yep. I, I had those guys ranked. Uh, I had, I had, uh, Derek Henry, I had Javante and then I, I went ahead and I just said, you know what? I'm just going to slide a different name in here. I went with AJ Dillon. Uh, he had 17 last season, which was 11th in the league and he on 187 attempts. I think the attempts creeps higher. Hopefully get that 250 range and, uh, maybe that'll work out. That dude's just a monster. I wouldn't want to tackle him. So no, uh, we'll, we'll go with that. He did to that mascot. (laughs) Yes. That was my favorite video of the off season. Like, I don't care about anything else. Like, just give me AJ Dillon pulling up that mascot. Just, Oh, so funny. Uh, all right. Wide receivers. Uh, this one's always a good one. I think last year, if I remember this right, the wide receiver duo with the most fantasy points. So the pair of wide receivers who score the most fantasy points, I believe last year, I think it might have been. I I have this somewhere. I should have pulled. I think it was up. the Rams. I think it was the Rams because Cooper Cup was so damn good. It was yeah. <laughs> it was it, stupid. It was, uh, it was almost like it didn't matter who the wide receiver two was because it might have been. It might have been Van Jefferson. Like they uh, was the number two as far as fantasy points uh, compared to what Woods and OBJ were able to do in there, like half a season each um, mm-hmm. there. But uh, anyway, this isn't always about the two guys that hey two you know a team that has two guys finishing the top ten or top twelve. Sometimes you need that top-heavy guy uh, to really uh, anchor you in there. So there's a lot of options here. There are so many good wide receivers in the league right now. As much as I want to say Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, I think I'm going to go another route. But uh, who are you going with as the, uh, the wide receiver duo to score the most fantasy points? I went I went pretty chalky. I went with the Cincinnati Bengals because, like you said, I think you need a top-end guy. Um, I wanted to put Miami in here just because Team Miami, Tyree Kill, J- Jalen Waddle, awesome. Um, but I think while they're both going to be solid, uh, Jamar Chase is going to like just be so elite for fantasy, I think. And then T Higgins can be a, you know, maybe a back end wide receiver one or a, a high wide receiver two um, and is going to get there. Like, I think that Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup are all going to be really, really close. But I think T Higgins is the best wide receiver two out of all of them mm-hmm. um, of, of Thielen and a Rob and then Higgins. So I have the Bengals. Cool. All right. I dig it. I went the uh I went with just the two really solid guys uh and avoided the the big time anchor. We'll see if that pays off for me. Uh, but it kind of tied back to my quarterback, most passing yards. I went with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, just because I think that they'll both have great years. Keenan Allen, he'll just he he just wakes up and he's wide receiver nine. Like that's just <laughs> what he does. So uh the thing that's the most interesting this year too is just all of the players that changed, like when I did my wide receiver preview uh, earlier in August, like, you know, there's, there's a tier of five guys that I really like. And then beyond that, there's some guys that I love, but a lot of question marks as to the change of scenery, uh, you know, with Adams and AJ Brown and, and Tyreek. And it's just, uh, it's going to be an interesting year, I think for sure, the wide receiver position. So I kind of went with having just two steady guys. And we'll see. I wish Chris I like Godwin it. had two good legs and then I might've chose the, him and Evans, but I went with Keenan and Mike Williams. So a lot of options there. So I like yours though, quite a bit. Uh, the rookie wide receiver that scored the most fantasy points this season. There are, there were what five first round uh, mm-hmm. wide receivers this year in the 2022 class. There's a few other good options. Uh, I'm sure George Pickens is still being drafted as the one oh one uh, as of September DLF ADP. Uh, that's no, Damian Pierce now. Uh, yeah, 
<laughs> so uh, who are you going with as far as for the redraft 2022? Which uh, rookie wide receiver is going to put up the most fantasy points? I went with my rookie wide receiver one. And the person I also think is going to see the most volume of the entire group, and that's Drake London. Um, I just think that he's going to be a beast uh, of a wide receiver for years to come. And just come in and just immediately get like 120, 130 targets. Even if it's not great targets, I still think that he's going to be able to pull in enough of those and be the best and most productive rookie wide receiver. Yeah, he was at the top of my rankings too. Uh, But for this, I went maybe a little bit, I went with the route of first round wide receiver who has a better quarterback. Cause I'm really worried about that. Like that's the mm-hmm. only thing with London that worries me is just like, Oh my God, how bad is this quarterback play going to be? Um, so I went with, uh, I went with Traylon Burks. I, there's no other competition. I think there, the offseason has been rough. I mean, it has been really bad. Like I, I was seeing him go even ahead of London in a few of my rookie drafts. And then some of the ones I had later, he was pretty much the last guy there. Like nobody wanted him. So, um, right. It's going to be, he's definitely going to be interesting. Of course, the thing that scares the crap out of me is, of course, now, you know, everything was all glowing. And then once he, you know, had to leave practice early or wasn't able to keep up, you know, through uh, conditioning, like, oh, well, you know, this is just didn't kill Harry. And I'm like, don't put that evil on us. Like, get out of here. (laughs) Come on now, give this kid a chance. Uh, But I think in Tennessee for this year, I love some of the, I love this rookie class. Like, I think there's some great value there. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to buy low, to be honest. And, which everybody loves to do right now, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I think you can get these guys uh, at a discount um, based off of, I don't know that there's going to be a ton of great performances in 2022. I think there, I think Drake uh, London is definitely at the top of my board when I'm looking, you know, for redraft, but I'm going to go with Burks just because I think he has the least amount of competition around him and he has a decent enough quarterback that should be able to put up, put up a, a decent rookie year out of the gate. So we'll see. Nice. I like a lot of it too. Shout out a lot of it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I have to stay, man, I just want, uh, I want Michael Thomas to be like good one last time, <laughs> so, but I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't count on that. I should probably go. I should probably jump on the Alave train. These last two drafts I got, maybe I'll, I'll grab a share. We'll see. Right. Uh, leader in receiving yards. Uh, I mean, Cooper cup almost put up 2000. Do we think he's going to repeat? Is he going to be the leader who you got? Um, so I have. It was it was a choice for me between the two LSU boys, but I went with Justin Jefferson again, um, just because he's so freaking good. <laughs> and and like I said, like I think that while Jamar Chase and Justin or Jamar Chase and T Higgins as a duo are really really good, T Higgins is better of a wide receiver than Adam Thielen, so I think he's going to steal a little bit more. Plus, they have Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, um, so I think that Justin Jefferson is going to get funneled a lot more targets and still get those like uh high value targets in terms of like deep balls, like 30, 40 yards in the air downfield and stuff. And, and uh, I think that he is going to be the league leader in receiving yards, primarily through the fact that he is the most explosive guy on that team. And like probably the best wide receiver in the league right now. Dude. Can't, can't wait to see him on the field again. His, his rookie year was freaking unbelievable. Um, that's a great, that's a great pick. Uh, I went outside that top three though. Uh, I went with Stefan Diggs, which isn't like going out on a limb or anything, but I mm. think the volume will, uh, be there for him. I think he can, that yardage number will come up. I know it dipped a little bit last season, but I think he's, he's in for a really big year. And maybe this is my non-belief in Gabe Davis, um, to an extent, but I think Diggs could, could hit that 1600 yard mark and, and that could be good enough to lead the league. So, uh, so we will see, but, uh, Hoping big things for for Diggs this year. 
because uh, he's kind of him and him and my boy Lamb are kind of those last guys where I'm like, man, this is the elite, and and we'll see that that uh, keeps you out of the little bit of the unknown area at the receiver position for redraft. Mm-hmm. All right, last uh, yeah, last receiver one. This one is we'll, we'll leave it on a low note of the receiver group. Most drops <laughs> in. Oh, there sorry, you go. there. Yeah, most drops yep. in 2022. Yeah. Sorry, man, I might have cut out there. That's all right. Um, so uh, for this one, <laughs> I feel like I've been really crapping on your Cowboys today, but I went with CD Lamb, um, primarily because when I was looking at the drops and stuff of, of all, like Jamar Chase led the league in drops last year, at least according to Pro Football Reference. Mm-hmm. I don't know how these people get their data, but at least according to PFR, Jamar Chase led the league in drops last year. Um, but CD lamb was not far behind. He had three fewer drops than Jamar chase. Um, and I think CD lamb is going to see a lot more volume this year without Amari Cooper. So I think that, you know, he could be at nine, 10, 11, just because of the volume that he gets, not because he's, his hands suck or anything, you know, it's just the fact that he's going to see so much volume that, you know, some of them are just going to slip through the old fingers, you know? So yeah, CD lamb. Uh, well, you didn't crap on him too much because I had CD Lamb too, so no worries. Oh. We'll let we'll give you a pass on that. <laughs> eight, eight drops according to Pro Football Reference and 120 targets. I'm expecting 150 targets uh, for CD this year, right. so I think that number could could uh, could be in that you know 11 to 12 range where Chase was last year. So I think the volume is going to cause a little bit of that. I was when you look at the drop numbers again, every site's a little bit different, but uh, you know that volume definitely plays a role in there. So I think lamb's going to make that jump into high volume and those drops might follow just a bit. Last two here, uh, try to get a few tight end ones in here. So this one is a either or so total touchdowns, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, who had, I think 18 last season between the two. I think they had nine apiece. Uh, so Kelsey and Andrews or the threesome of Kittle Waller and Pitt. So we're talking about the big five here at the position. Uh, I believe Waller had two and Pitts had one touchdown last year. Uh, so we need to, we need to see a bump from them regardless, but uh, so t- total touchdowns, Kelsey and Andrews or Kittle Waller Pitts, which side you lean in? I'm, I think I did this last year and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take the Kelsey and Andrews side uh, just because uh, I honestly, I could see both these guys having double digit touchdowns. I Kelsey's going to lean, be leaned on heavily as the primary guy, I think, for the Chiefs and the main guy that Patrick Mahomes knows and trusts, especially in the red zone. Andrews, kind of same way um, with uh, with his trust with Lamar Jackson. So I think those two combined could get upwards like they did last year, but I think they could get over 20 combined to where, you know, Kittle has never really been a touchdown guy. He's like a four, five, six. Waller also never really been a touchdown guy. And, you know, they brought in probably the best red zone wide receiver in the league and Devonte Adams to catch a bunch of touchdowns inside the red zone. Um, and then Kyle Pitts, I like him. I get it. But like that team is going to be so bad that he just might have limited opportunities to even catch touchdowns. Like I would not be surprised. He's not going to have one on the volume that he's going to get, but I would not be surprised if he also is in the four five, six range. Uh, and that's just, if they're all at four or five, um, I don't, that's, that's not anywhere near close to, potentially 20 or more that Kelsey and Andrews I think should get. Yeah. I I definitely think that's the, probably the smarter route to go. I went the opposite <laughs> only because <laughs> I think that I think Waller, I, will, I think he'll 
bounce back a little bit. He should hopefully end up in that six to seven range. And I think Kittle can be right there around six. Pitts, I'm I am worried about those same concerns that you mentioned. Um, just how bad that offense is going to be. But I think really where this hinged for me is the Andrews number. I think with Lamar under center, um, we saw he Andrews had double digits still. with Lamar. Though, he did. Didn't he? he did. Yeah. But I but I think but the volume that year that was crazy. Like he had like he had his catch total was so low. And then uh, it really came back to came back down to earth in 2021. Then last year, the splits Lamar under center, you know, or not Andrews was really a lot better without Lamar. We'll see. Uh, I think, I think Andrews will probably end up somewhere more in the, maybe that five to six range, kind of similar to those other guys. So then it's kind of, you know, we'll, we'll see, but I I think I'm maybe a little bit down on Andrews. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Right. Last one, of course, had to go. This is I just fall back on this every time because it's easier to filter by tight end with the longest reception. Uh, this really makes no difference to fantasy, but it's fun to look back and see the names that uh, end up at the on this list. So who you guys we wrap this thing up? I went with oh man, I'm so I'm so hoping for this breakout this year. I went with Alberto. All right. Um, I, I think he's going to be fun. I think he's going to be good. And, um, you know, he's, he's super athletic. He's really fast. And I know that he's like the third guy on the totem pole on the Broncos, but that could mean that he sees not great defensive coverage. He's better than any linebacker more than likely that's covering him, uh, and bigger and just as fast as most corners as well. Um, so that mismatch and if their defenses are giving more attention to Sutton and Judy or figuring out what's going on in the backfield. I think Alberto could have that sneaky like 70 yard touchdown at some point during the year that maybe it's a broken play. Um, maybe like I said, like the, he just outruns a couple people like down the seam when defensive coverage is more on the sides. Um, but I, I think like you were with uh, uh, just kind of hoping for CEH. That's kind of how I am with, with Alberto that I'm just kind of like, I need to speak it into existence. And hopefully it'll happen. <laughs> there you go. I I'd be totally fine with that. He's somebody that it's been a roll. It seems like it's been a roller coaster off season for him because as soon as the mm-hmm. Wilson trade happened, everyone was all in. And then always oh, playing in the fourth quarter of this preseason game, and it's like, well, but is it because they just don't have anybody else? Like everybody was injured, and you know. Right. And so I, I think he's I think he's a he's a guy that creates tough mismatches for the defense without Tim Patrick there. I think there's more targets to go around. Um, and I, I think having Russell Wilson as your quarterback ain't gonna hurt either. So I, I like that call a lot. Sure. I actually, weirdly enough, I went the other side of that transaction. I went with Noah Fant. Um, and I said it was right. gonna happen week one against Denver. I think that it'll just be some crazy garbage Ooh. time chuck from Gino to to Noah Fant, and then that'll be the longest reception for any time. Nah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be Drew Locke to Noah Fant. It just <laughs> really you know <laughs> let's make yeah let's make that just ultimate revenge just narrative straight it up that'd be perfect i love it <laughs> that's, that's awesome well good stuff man as always uh again i'm not sure how much that last one helps anybody but it's fun we'll look back on this stuff at the end of the season and see who was right who was wrong where we missed and again in four short months it just how much changes uh over the course of just one season that's why football is so so fun to me man it's just like things just change so quick it's so hard to predict but Mm-hmm. That's why we play this game, man. So Love it. as we, as we wrap this thing up, Addison, I really appreciate you coming on here as always. Uh, one last time as we're wrapping this thing up, uh, just tell people where they can find you and all your content. Sure. Yeah. Uh, at Amaze's underscore on Twitter and then the DLF YouTube channel. So if you're watching this on YouTube already, you can just type in on the search bar, Dynasty League Football. 
Uh, there it is. I'm trying to get to, we're almost at 8,000 subscribers. I've been trying, I was trying to get there before the season started. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, but I would love to get there in this month in September. Um, and then 10,000 by the end of the year. So, uh, if you want to help us, uh, or just maybe just help me make that goal, uh, the DLF YouTube channel. That's so cool, man. Yeah. And you guys are doing great stuff over there. Keep up the good work. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to have the war zone here on this feed, uh, in your podcast feed on Thursday, got pushed back a day, but if you're watching live on YouTube, Memphis and Jerry are going to be hanging out here in just a bit here on Tuesday night, recording as usual on Tuesday evening. I'll be back on Saturday with wave wire sniping YouTube only here on the DWZ network channel. So make sure you subscribe to that. Otherwise uh, you can check out the podcast on Sunday morning, but it's a day late. So you're going to have all the other league mates that are already sniping you off the wire anyway, but looking forward to week one, looking forward to setting all my lineups. Uh, do you, do you real quick? I guess I didn't prep you with this. Do you have like a, cause you're probably in a lot of leagues. So do you have like a routine that you go through now that we're like entering week one? Like, do you have a routine that you do every week or are you just like, just mad, always looking at your lineups? Uh, I'm, I'm actually only in like eight leagues. Okay. That's still, so that, hey, that's lot. still a decent amount. It <laughs> like, is not for bad. sure. Yeah, I tried not to be in a lot of leagues because I don't like switching between apps and I just I I don't know. I just don't like having a lot of leagues and doing all those transactions. Yeah. Um, it's nice, though, because like half of them are on ESPN. So I just kind of go through and I'm like, Ooh. all right, look at my roster. All right. Yep. Next one. So and then, you know, you got to go through and set your MFL leagues and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of like I, I set them at the beginning of the week kind of see how the week goes by with injuries and then see where I'm at. So I do one more last scan on Sunday. Good deal. You know, for everything. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, uh, the first, the thing I started doing a couple of years ago that if you guys are in like a lot of leagues, one thing I did was I try to like set them like on, on like, uh, like we'll check them Thursday, but then I usually set it like Saturday morning. And then all I do is I just write down the ones that I'm either like right on the fence with, like for the injury, maybe substitution, Something like that. It's like a late mm-hmm. and active. I just kind of just jot those down. So that way I'm not sitting there Sunday, like changing guys in and out just because I stared at it for so long. Cause that never <laughs> seems to work. So yeah. I try to avoid that. And so I protect myself that way, but I definitely get what you're saying about the too many freaking apps. I like jumped in a few extra leagues, like at the end, they're just fun. Like they're nothing too crazy. Like won't take up a lot of my time, but like I added like two other sites because of that. And I yeah, kicked myself already for it. I'm like, no, <laughs> I had it. I had it down to three. And I was feeling really good about that. And now I'm back up to five or six or something. So not good. Nope. But anyway, man. Well, uh, for Addison and myself, appreciate you guys checking out the show. I'll be back later on in the week. But until then, stay subscribed. And we'll catch you guys later. We'll see you.